Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Women in Confidence. My name's Vanessa and I'm the host. So we're doing things a little bit differently this week in the fact that I am actually being interviewed and I'm handing over the reins of being the host to a previous guest of mine, uh, Latifa. So I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, please rate and review and share it widely with your friends. I am joined today by Latifa, who um, is more of a welcome back, actually, rather than um, <laughs> a welcome to the show. So welcome back and, and thank you for being a guest on the, the um, podcast a lot earlier. Um, but we're flipping the tables today. We're doing things a little bit differently because Latifa is going to interview me, which is exciting and slightly worrying. Um, <laughs> but I just want to start before I li- I'm going to hand over to you entirely. This is for you to run the show. I'm just going to be the guest and I'm going to listen to what you want to um, ask me. But I want to start by asking one question, then I'm going to let it go. I guess, why did you want to interview me and, and why did you <laughs> want to, to bring me on to my own show? Oh, Vanessa, don't be shy now. <laughs> no, I mean, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to actually interview you. And the reason why is because you have such an amazing and interesting topic that there has to be a big story behind it. Like, why did you start the Women in Confidence podcast? And who is Vanessa? And that is basically why I really wanted to flip the tables and be like, well, Vanessa, let me hear your story. I'm sure your listeners would love to hear that. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, well, do your worst then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for handing me the reins. This is very new for me, but um, like I mentioned before, um, I think you're doing a great job with the podcast. Already learned so much from the other episodes and the other guests that came on. And just the way that you interview, your style of interviewing is very interesting. And we know each other a little bit. I knew you were in HR, that that is your background. And let's just dive in and just tell people more about yourself. What is it that you do exactly? Um with your job, with your business, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so I've got three sort of main activities of what I call my living or what I do. And one is absolutely, yeah, you're right, human resources. I've worked in human resources or HR to make it easier. Oh, a while, 20 years, possibly something like that, maybe (laughs) even more than that. But certainly managing people and being involved in leadership of people for since about 1998, something like that. And that's a long time. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm fairly old. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so I've been, um, and I, I've always been fascinated by what makes people tick at work. So it was just a really natural thing for me to go into HR and to help people. Um, and I hate people who say they they help people at work, but it's true. HR facilitates the ability for a business to do what it needs to do through its people. So that's that's what I do. And I work with organisations to just answer and help them answer some of their HR questions and their people and culture questions, which is how I prefer to focus people and culture is much more relevant to what I do. So there's that. Then I also have a coaching business and it's a confidence coaching and I coach female 
clients around the, the whole conversation around confidence. And this podcast is, is really unraveling some of my thinking about confidence because mm-hmm. confidence is the umbrella term, but actually there's so much more underneath it. Um, and so I help my clients unravel some of their thinking and some of their misbeliefs largely around themselves and their self-esteem and their self-belief and really help them get to where they want to be. I, I absolutely don't do it for them. They do it for themselves. I'm just the guide to do that. And then also I have the podcast, which is my joy. I absolutely love it. I just oh, love it. People should be able to see your face now as you're talking about that. You are completely lit up. talking about the podcast go ahead (laughs) yeah so the podcast has only been going for a really short amount of time it's only been going since October last year so 2021 and it came out of it came out of it was a child of lockdown I think and Mm. because I'm in Melbourne instead of baking (laughs) decided to do a podcast I know I mean aim high (laughs) yeah yeah I got bored of doing polenta cakes or whatever it was and I just thought right what can I do So, yeah, so it came out of lockdown. So in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm not, I know this is not unique to the rest of the world. We had ridiculously long lockdowns and we had one that was seven months long and we were only allowed to go about five kilometres from our home, Mm. which um, when you're someone like me who likes the company of people and likes to be around people and gets energy from people, I I really struggled with that. And I needed a way to have connection with people which I couldn't do just normally plus I was sorry I should also point out I was new to the country so I didn't know actually know anybody which was yes because you're originally from well I'm from the UK and we moved to Australia in 2019 right like literally on the eve of COVID I mean perfect timing and wow so we were we didn't know anybody we were in lockdown and you know I love my family but got a little bit sick of them so I needed to find (laughs) another source of like connection. so many others <laughs> yeah go on. like the whole world <laughs> thank you for saying that right out loud <laughs> um I mean love them but yeah you know <laughs> seven Absolutely. months and so I thought right okay what's the what how can I get connected and the internet is just the dream it's just so beautiful that you can reach the other side of the world such as we're talking right now thousands of miles away so I, I thought, okay, well, the internet is a solution, but I didn't actually have a clue what I was going to do. And then I also wanted to have a lot of fun because I don't take myself seriously. Some people think I do, but I absolutely don't. Um, <laughs> I like a laugh and a bit of fun, even if things are pretty shitty. I'm, I normally find a sense of humour somewhere. And then I also just wanted to take a lead on something. And I wasn't sure what it was initially, And I'd always been in leadership positions and taken the lead on things, you know, either through my work or just my my voice or just my beliefs. And um, I sort of looked around and thought, what what can I lead on? And there were a number of things coming up in my head. And I pestered a lot of friends, my family, my husband probably got fed up and listening to my (laughs) ideas. And I I posted note. I mean, I went to town and I had already been coaching some females. And the thing that kept coming up for them was confidence this this term confidence or courage or they'd say things to me like oh that's that's not me that's somebody else or oh I can't do that and there's always this doubt and this lack of self-belief and I thought well there's my subject it's confidence I can lead on a conversation about confidence because I could also draw my own experiences but the experiences of my clients through coaching and so the three all just fell into I don't know, it just happened perfectly. So I had my topic. I knew I wanted to have some fun and I knew I wanted to be connected. And the internet was like the solution to it. Mm -hmm. And I was already a podcast uh, listener. 
all right, there's my thing. That's the because I'm not a YouTuber, wow. uh, you know, and I, yeah, a video is probably not, it's just not my medium. I'll do it for 20, 50, you know, 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, you have such a good podcast voice. So, yeah. But podcasting was the thing. And that's how it sort of came about. And it was all very quick after I'd sort of all had the ideas and it started, you know, I started thinking, well, there we go. That's it, confidence. And I, I just went for it. I literally, like in a weekend, bought a microphone and I learned how to do it and set up all these different softwares and apps. I mean, I don't even know what I'm talking about when it comes to <laughs> like providers. And I just went with it. I literally just went for it. And I put a shout out on some of my on LinkedIn with some of my already my mm-hmm. connections. And uh, on the way we went. And um, this will this I'm already on to episode 25, I think now. Yeah, something like that. Oh, well. Yes. Well, let's just dive a little bit into that because you said, okay, lockdown, going crazy, love my family, but don't love being around them, constantly needing something to really, you know, get excited about again. And you did it like this in a weekend. So that process, because I know almost for sure that there are people, women, listening right now, thinking like, wow, I would love to do a podcast. I would love to start a business. I would love to do this. But like you mentioned, that's not me or until things align for me or until take us with, uh, with you in that process from thinking about it, getting the idea and doing it. Because you said, I just did it. But what got you there? What how come there weren't any hurdles or limiting beliefs or not that they have to be there, but just to, you know? Yeah. I think the limiting beliefs were there and they're still there. You know, I'm I'm still Mm. probably comparing myself to other people um, who are doing podcasts and have been doing it for longer. So Mm -hmm. the limiting belief probably were there. Like what will people think? Um, Right. Or do I know about podcasting? They were there, but I, I had this, it was like an inner voice that just said to me that this is the right thing to do. This is, this is so you, Vanessa, that, you know, you can't stop yourself here. And I'd done a lot of work up to that point anyway, just sorting myself out mentally. So I think by that point it it was, I was in a space where it was absolutely, there was no fear really. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, of course, every now and then my little voice pops up and goes, who are you running a podcast? Well, that's normal. But that's, that's fine. Normal. I can deal with her. Just shut her up and put her back. <laughs> <laughs> Get but, back um, in the glass of you. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I think it just felt a most natural thing to do. Was, I mean, I know people who, who talk about flow and it was, it felt like it was, I was in flow. And and I, I feel that every time I turn on my camera and I press you know on on my mic is that it just feels so absolutely natural to me to run a podcast but in terms of just doing it I read a really good quote um I'm not going to say the quote exactly word for word but it was a quote by Aristotle and he said something like or he wrote probably something like if we want to be a builder we have to build if we want to play the harp uh, sorry if we want to be a harpist we have to play the harp and I thought well that's a bloody good point actually because if I want to run a podcast (laughs) I've just got to be a podcaster got to do it yeah and if I want to be a confident person then I've got to be confident so it sort of made sense to me when I read that and thought well yeah if I want to do anything I've got to start you've got to start so just go ahead and do it I think that's a beautiful lesson for anyone listening I mean obviously we're going to fail we're going to have those little voices 
you know, try to tell them like, what the hell are you doing? But hey, hello, comfort zone. Bye, comfort <laughs> zone, right? Yeah, I mean, my big um, discomfort zone is IT. I haven't got a clue. I genuinely don't know what I'm doing, which is fine because people, there are people who can do that. And I haven't got a clue or didn't have a clue. I'm going to rephrase that. I didn't have a clue at the start about marketing. I I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And so Mm -hmm. if you look at any of my um, materials from probably three or four months ago, it's really different to where I am now because I've learned through the process. But if I'd yeah. spent my time learning before running the podcast, well, it would have been months, you know, I've been months in the making. So exactly. I just- Exactly. I think that it. is such a good point that you're making. It's implementing while you go. So don't hoard information and then act on it. It's it's like you said, it felt, well, basically it felt so aligned that it just came to you mm-hmm. and the topic came to you. And let's- um, Let's dive more into that topic because, okay, so the podcast, you said, okay, F the fear. We're going to do it. I'm going stir crazy at home. I need to do something. I want to lead on something. But then the confidence came in. You said, well, I noticed this with my clients, and but there must be some kind of story of young Vanessa behind all this that this particularly sparked your interest. Yeah. I'm interested in hearing that. <laughs> I mean, I was always a really confident child. You know, I was the one who did all the ballet shows and I was on the stage. I mean, not in a really like dramatic sort of amdram way. I just, I was always quite a confident person. I was, I was in the, all the sports teams. I was pretty, you know, I wasn't top of the class, but I was pretty smart yeah, at school. You engaged. Yeah. And I love school. Yeah. And it was only when I got into the workplace and there was a couple of incidents I remember quite vividly that I felt really knocked my confidence. And, and so I had, when I when I talk about confidence and I coach about confidence, I draw on those experiences of feeling confident myself and know what that's like and almost like you feel like you can take on the world through to those moments in my life where, I don't know, it was just either smashed by one or two incidents or it was like these microaggressions that basically just exhausted me and, and just took everything away from me. So I pull on those experiences as well. But actually, I'd say largely I'm a confident person. I think it would be wrong for you. (laughs) No, no. I'm so happy that you're actually saying I'm a confident person. That's when I should say that more. You were mentioning microaggressions and some of them, you know, exhausting you and everything. Would you mind sharing? Maybe was there like one pivotal moment that you were like, wow, this this speaks to me because, you know, maybe your clients shared those kind of situations Mm. as well. So for me, because I thought about this actually before we came on. And, and for me, it was when I became pregnant and Ooh. I worked in the Royal Navy and which is a hugely male-dominated organization. And I became Yeah, we need pregnant. to get into that, by the way, as well. Royal Navy, you just threw that in there, right? I'm HR, I'm this. Oh, by the way, I also work in Royal Navy. Okay. Yeah, we can come back to that. But just just that being I just stood out, you know, I was a big flipping woman because I was huge with my babies and Mm. people commented on it like they'd say to me oh Vanessa you're huge and I'm a really small person but I got big with and when are you going to have this baby and all they'd exclude me from meetings so they think oh well Vanessa's pregnant she she can't do that and and I, I just yeah and just treating me differently and I wonder if that was me making up but you know I genuinely felt at the time people were treating me differently because I was pregnant And then I had a really bad experience returning from my first maternity leave with a boss who 
just constantly drilled into me that I needed to be places at certain times when I just couldn't because of childcare restrictions. Mm -hmm. And he had asked me to work at weekends and we had, um, and it was just, I don't know. I, I've somebody even said to me, he, you know, he's testing you. Wow. Just absolute shit. It was ridiculous. And I, I just genuinely went through a period probably of about three years of really forgetting who I was because I just felt tired anyway from having by this point two babies and just, yeah, just felt really exhausted. So I didn't have the energy to fight back in many ways. And so I just probably allowed it to some extent, but also it was just the culture that I was working in at the time. And yeah, I really lost some confidence. I I almost see it as a point in life where I actually don't remember anything from it in many ways. Like it was like a blank yeah. period. I mean, probably come exhaustion yeah. of breastfeeding and God knows whatever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> working full time. But, <laughs> but I just look back. I can look back on myself and think, God, who were you? You were just yeah. you'd lost your voice. You know, you just really didn't speak up. You were quite happy to just mm-hmm. sit at the back of the room and take the notes in meetings and. Yeah, it was a really odd period of my time. And I look back on it now and I know that it was just people and situations and cultures draining my energy. But I just didn't have the knowledge at the time and probably some inner strength to do anything about it. So I let it ride, unfortunately. Sad, but, you know, true. And I don't think that's unusual. I really don't think it's I, I was going to say, especially in corporate environments, people, you know, this is why many people leave corporate just because of the culture and, mm. you know, tensions and people say like, you know, after that, I'm going to do my own thing. So how did you get out of that? How, how, what was that process like for you to yeah, get back I, to Vanessa? Well, I actually stayed at the Royal Navy for longer after um, both children, but I, I did a little bit of fuck you. I genuinely, I was like, <laughs> we need to sort this out Vanessa (laughs) I was literally like if if I am fuck you Navy I am just going to be me and Mm -hmm. if you don't like it then I'm sorry but I can't be any different it is just me and so I mean that wasn't an overnight thing but it was definitely a yeah I I think that's important that you point that out yeah it didn't just come to you no not at all process absolutely and so I did I just um I started to remember all the things that was good about me. Like, what what oh, do I like about myself? Power to you. I started to claim back some time because I knew when you have children, they're time stealers. And so I started to gain back some time for me. And so just more things like going for a walk or going to yoga or a run or even just going for a coffee, you know, just anything that I was like, okay, right, yes. this is time with myself where – I don't have the kids. I don't have my husband. I don't have my job. It's just me. And that was really important to just remember who I was. And so that was probably a slow process of trying to remember, okay, I'm not a mum now. I'm not a wife. I'm not, you know, an officer in the Navy. I'm just me. And who is that? Mm -hmm. And I'm not normally one who spends a lot of time in, you know, introspective, but I just thought it was such an important part of getting back to who I was is spending some time with myself and my thoughts and in my head. And so that's how I did it. And and then physically, I mean, after having babies, it's, you know, you've got to sort yourself out physically. And they've always been very strong and very fit. And so I went through that process as well of getting mm-hmm. back to sort of what I was known for yes. and what I knew myself for being fit and healthy. So, yeah, it was a, probably, I reckon, two years maybe that process really took or maybe a bit shorter. But I also, I was really fortunate to have a very good boss 
um, in a in a job at the time, and she was so supportive, and she was, you know, role model, and she was just a really nice person and had my back, and I think that really helped connecting with somebody who, you know, she challenged me. She didn't just take everything, you know, as just given. She challenged me and she pushed me and she. Um, she just recognized something in me. And I think that was so important. Um, and I thank her Absolutely. regularly on that. <laughs> no, I mean, acknowledgement is incredibly important, especially when you feel vulnerable and mm-hmm. when someone at least acknowledges you and not the role you're playing. But okay, this is someone who can bring in so much knowledge and um, value basically to the company, in this case, the Royal Navy, mm-hmm. in such a difficult high pressure environment I think the fact that you were able to do that is even more astonishing to be honest because these days self-care is very like it's almost like a buzzword and people you know self-care for the win and mm. you know but in essence it is so important to get back to who am I and who do I perceive myself to be and not just the role you're playing like you mentioned I'm Vanessa and not just Vanessa the mom Vanessa the wife or Vanessa whoever and then tying that in with you know your 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 body I mean a sound mind needs a sound body so it's it sounds very clear to me so did you then make the leap to HR or what led you to eventually go the route that you that you went yeah well my entry into HR is a very long story and not for this podcast but I knew I'd wanted to go into HR pretty much about third year I'd been in the Navy I was I was just curious about something and it was a a tricky employee who sort of made me think I'm going to learn how to do this properly so I actually got myself all qualified externally and just and so it went but I'd also been working go getter I love that (laughs) I think most people say it's a high achiever and maybe I am I don't know maybe I'm good with that either (laughs) (laughs) no good for you I mean I guess I'm driven I'm driven I know what I want and I go for it and occasionally I get knocked off my courses. We've I've, we've already talked about, but yeah, I've got I'm quite driven. I would say, and some people call me resourceful and capable and all these sorts of things. But so I suppose I'm inner driven. But yeah, so with regards to HR, I'd already been working in sort of HR strategy in the Navy for my last few years, and so that it was just a really natural transition into my first. And I always say civilian because. That's what <laughs> like a civilian job, which was with a company called Zipcar. And I'd gone from doing very strategic HR to moving back, well, going to Zipcar and, and having to learn the ropes and, you know, having never really done a H- the HR normal career path. It was, That was a big learning for me. But I guess my experience of being an officer in the military was just set me up perfectly for it because I knew I had strong communication skills. I could build relationships. I wasn't afraid of asking questions. And so I found that job hugely rewarding because I was do I wasn't in such a I felt like a claustrophobic environment and culture. Mm-hmm. And Zipcar was quite young and and quite cool, which I'm not. But um <laughs> around that <laughs> yeah so and then and then I just progressed from there. And yeah, so now I I help companies with their HR challenges, issues, questions, that sort of thing. And I do all sorts around culture change and culture audits and training and all sorts. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's so interesting because every company has values and also as an entrepreneur, we have certain values that we want to align with. So when you look at the career path that you took, 
what values do really speak to you that you're like, maybe you're finally recognizing them or maybe you were always aware of them. I think it's interesting to hear how that that path goes because for some, I mean, just a little bit about me, for me, it was an enormous learning curve. I didn't learn about my values until very later in life. And then I started to align my life to it. I hear you, you were saying, you know, like, I'm very driven, I'm very capable, I'm resourceful. So how do you go about that when you know, basically, like, yes, these are my qualities. How do you find an environment that actually aligns with that? Yeah, I think it's like, test and learn or make some mistakes every now and then um, Mm. is if an environment doesn't suit you, then if you can, if you're able to, you know, you need to get out and not stay and have the confidence to to leave because it's yes. not aligned and maybe you know I did actually resign from the navy I actually ended up staying I was talked out of it because I just felt total misalignment with my values and exactly. to be honest, I say I say that but at the time I don't think I knew what my values were I just knew something was misaligned and yeah. there was a incongruence between my life and probably what the military wanted of me but I, I mean I didn't call it a value at the time because I didn't have a clue what that no, meant no. really I I just thought it was something companies had rather than individuals. And yeah. but I just knew something wasn't right. Now at age 48, I probably have more awareness of what my values are. God, if you'd spoken to me when I was 24 or 23 thinking about joining the Navy, yeah. I wouldn't have had a clue what my values were. I think my values were just no, but what, what get a would job. you say? Yeah, exactly. What would you say to women that are in that state of mind, regardless of their age? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I could talk back to myself now, I would say, what do you like? What are you, what are you good at? What makes you happy? What makes you smile? Where do you feel at your best? What's the environment? But you don't get taught this at school. Nobody says, right, we're going to have exactly. a careers lesson and we're going to talk about values and what brings you joy. You talk yeah. about what are your qualifications and what's suitable for you. Oh, you, exactly. oh Vanessa, you could be a doctor or um, you're a lawyer. They don't talk Very about true. what's going to make you happy. And it really pisses me off about school. And so I would say to my younger self, you know, all those questions. And I probably wouldn't have done half the things I ended up doing because yeah. I, can I honestly say the Navy brought me joy over 15 years? At times it did, but not all the time. I would Why say. did you join the Navy? Well, there, because, because the at the time I I needed job, I needed security, ah, I needed some yes. structure. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't get much more structured than the military. Oh, uh, well, uh, talk about a structured environment. My God. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what I, where my head was at when I was 23, when I thought about it. I was in a job in London that, you know, was was a good um, good job for it. paid me to so I could go drinking and smoking. <laughs> but, I mean, it, didn't, it didn't really, you know, give me, give me okay, a lot more than drinking that. money. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, and I sort of felt like... Living that lifestyle in London is fun for a while, but at some point you need to get your mm-hmm. shit in order. So I, I don't know, That's I just went totally extreme. <laughs> well, that, I, I mean, I was going to say, people think like, okay, I'm just going to get another job. No, you went straight, not just the military, the Navy. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I think it's an amazing story. And I think your daughters would, I would love to hear that story. Did you know mommy used to be an officer in the Navy? (laughs) That's actually quite funny. But it does speak to the kind of character that you are. And 
to be able to endure that actually for 15 years, it must have brought you something. And I think where a lot of people um, stay stuck is you mentioned, you know, is it something I like? Does it bring me joy? Where people stay stuck is, am I qualified for, for it? And that's where you start, you know, noticing the the nagging and the the, you know, something is off or the unfulfillment. Um, you mentioned you work with clients and in confidence. Is that something you um, see regularly, or where are the women that you coach? in their process before they come to you? Is that something that you you really work on? Or? Yeah, so to your question, where do, where are they when they come to me? Normally they're pretty broken. Oh, and okay. and I don't, you know, I've had, I have had clients who cry and that's fine because that's just such a release of emotion and energy and that's such a necessary <clears throat> process to go to. But a lot of them are broken in some way. I wouldn't say they're, you know, completely on the floor. Um, they would no, be no, seeing no, no. a professional, medical professional. If <laughs> that's the case. But, you know, th- there's something in their life that's dented or they're bruised in some way so they come to me because they have run out of ideas themselves and or they they just need somebody to who's probably been there and done that to just guide them through to where they need to be so that's where they are when they they come to me and often because I work with women who are women who are professionals um who are in the working environment they it's normally as a result of their working environment that they are with me because the system, the processes, the people have got them to a point of lacking in confidence and they've yes. lost their voice and they don't recognize themselves. And so it's normally people who have experienced pretty awful workplaces where they come to yes. me. Mostly corporate women that find you, or would you say that you're, you know, you're open to any kind of client dealing yes. with confidence issues? It's really mixed. So I do deal with people who work in corporate <clears throat> environments uh, and that gets used quite a lot. You know, I work in a corporate, but and and that's not always people know what that means. But, yeah, some people work in you know big organizations, well-known organizations. And then I have small business owners. I've, I've had a client who she's it's just her. It is just her on her own. Yeah. And she um, has transitioned through a redundancy, which is a really big knock to the confidence and she's mm-hmm. set up her own company and because that's what she's always wanted to do, but never had the confidence to do it. So wow. I, I, I can, I mean, confidence, it doesn't matter where you work or what size company or how many people in your team, yes. it, it, it doesn't matter actually. And that's almost irrelevant, I think. Yeah. Yes, because you mentioned like it, confidence is the umbrella of why people come to work with you. And I suppose it's more of an empowerment Thing. And, you know, me being an empowerment coach, obviously that speaks to me, but I love how you're like, no, tying basically your whole history of your own work together with this is who I used to be. I got knocked off of it. I reflect it. And then I saw, okay, I need to get my confidence back in order to fulfill all the rest and let that be the umbrella. So I think it's, it's, it's a good thing, you know, and um. Um, what would you say to women listening to um, how you overcame so many things? And, you know, of course, they'll be like, yes, I know. I know what I like, but it's totally different from what I'm doing right now. How do I get the confidence to follow that path? Or what would you advise them? Yeah. So where I start 
and probably where I started was saying to myself, and I say this to my clients, you know, what do you want? What do you want? What is it you want to achieve in, you know, I mean, you can do it macro in life or you can do it by six months. You can break it down by next week. But what is it ultimately you want to be, have, you know, all those things. And yes. in, and if that vision is clear and understood by the individual and believed by the individual, because you've got to believe mm-hmm. it, then that's, that's the starting point. point. I mean, I could say I want to go to the moon and be an astronaut, but really, I, mean, I don't believe that to be the case. But exactly. you know, yeah. so, but if I said, well, I want to run my own business and I want to make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars by the end of the year, now I know that I can do that and I can believe it, and it's a vision I can hold on to. Yeah. So I think start with what it, what it is you want, and then start figuring out how you're going to do it and what is it about you that stops you doing it and control get that one that one is so important what stops you from doing it yeah because I think it's very easy to say all this out here that person or this office or this business is stopping Mm -hmm. me but you have no control over that you have I have no control over what you know my boss is going to say or the business Mm -hmm. might I don't know taking a new direction and my job is redundant or I don't know I I have a new team to manage in the horrible or unprofessional whatever it is I have very little control over that but I have control over myself and so really saying okay it's not all that stuff that's stopping me it's not all the external stuff it's myself that's stopping me so what is it about me what am I doing that's stopping myself what is that what are the things about me that will help me get to where I am because I think for a lot of the time and coaches are probably as guilty of saying what are your limiting beliefs and what's stopping you well actually let's flip it and say what have you got going that's going to help you and support you get to where you want to be because I tell you if you were to write down a hundred things that you that are good about you and positive and confident and you actually sit and listen and and reflect on all your hundred things you'd be like yeah damn it all those things are going to help me achieve my vision Totally. Yes. And then exactly looking at, but what is stopping me and what if it, there wouldn't be anything that would stop me. So I believe Gay Hendricks calls that he wrote the book, The Big Leap, going from your zone of excellence to your zone of genius. And I think many women are stuck in their zone of excellence. Like, well, these are my qualifications. I can do well, but what if I, what if I look at, but what do I really want? What is it that I really want? So Growing up, did you have any role models that you feel like, oh, yeah, I used to look up to them or they inspired me to take this path or? I, uh, no, genuinely not. Um, <laughs> that is so I mean, that's fitting. I not a bad thing for that my mum, so sorry. That is fitting for you. No, I <laughs> if my mum listens, she'd be like, damn it, why didn't she say me? Um, like, like, my dad, actually. Sorry, mum. I mean, like, my dad was, you know, he left home at 15 and he knew he didn't want to be in that environment anymore. So he left home and he did really well for himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a female, but he's a role model in saying to me that if you want something, you've got, you've got to work hard, don't get me wrong, but you, you can achieve it and you can achieve really Amazing. big things. From a 15-year-old boy living in the north of England with very few qualifications to do very well, he was inspirational for me. But there is no female role model. I thought about this for a while. It doesn't always have to be a female no. role model. It can be men, absolutely. But yeah. I, I, there was a post on LinkedIn recently about mentors and role models, and somebody posted the question about who was similar to what you asked me, and I, 
I genuinely thought about it. <laughs> and I, there's a really sad fact that I didn't have a mentor or a role model when I was younger. Maybe it's not sad, but it, but I think the awareness now of having mentors and being role models is so much more in focus. And so, you know, my kids uh, well, of a generation coming through will will probably identify with role models and there'll be more of them about and they might even have mentors. Whereas I just don't, that just wasn't something you had in the 80s when I was growing up. It just, yeah, yeah. just wasn't a conversation. I remember it wasn't a conference no exactly it was get your schools get your grads straight you know have your diplomas have your credentials then get a good job and then you're allowed to dream or whatever but first Mm. you need to get that in check absolutely so um I think it's very much you from what I know uh, you know from our chats that that you didn't have a role model and that you just went for it and you kept going I think it speaks a lot to your character but you have big dreams for this podcast and you have big ideas for where you want to go. Tell us more about this because I feel there's, you mentioned it to me. I think it's so beautiful what's behind the drive behind this whole podcast. So share it if you want. Yeah. So one of the the reasons why I set up is because I, well, I suppose because I've been through some of this, these challenges around my self-esteem and self-belief. And so I want the ability to help other women to not feel like that. I genuinely don't think confidence is great for people. A lack of confidence, sorry, is really helpful for anybody, whether that's an individual community, a business, you know, the the country, etc. And so I want to, I want other women to not have to go through that. And yes. one of the ways to do that is through educating people. Yeah. And saying that it doesn't have to be that way. So that, that's sort of some of the, the reasons behind the podcast. And when I get my guests on, I, I choose them. I don't just take anybody random. So you were chosen <laughs> because they bring something to the podcast that can be shared. And anybody who listens to it, and I hope you know people really sort of get the word out, is that my guests bring hints and tips and they share their experiences and they share what's worked for them. So that if if somebody's listening and they go, okay, well, Latifa tried this or Vanessa or whoever, she did this and that mm-hmm. really worked for her. And I heard her story on the podcast and now look where she is. And if they if my listeners go away and try that one thing and it changes their life and moves them in a completely opposite direction and in the direction they want to go, then that to me is just I've I've done my thing, I've shared and I've helped. And, yeah. you know, and that's not bullshit. That's genuinely how I feel. I want people to listen and take action and change their lives. And it's and just my way of doing it. And preferably even on a bigger stage, if you want to share a little bit about that, uh, unless you feel like, no. But I mean, you, are you talking world domination? And, <laughs> and not, in, not in a negative sense as what's going Beyonce, on at the moment. who run the world. <laughs> but <laughs> in a way. I, I mean, I don't know where this, this is limitless, where this could end up. I mean, I already am being listened all across the world. And I actually had my first download in Kenya recently which was quite exciting so I mean my voice is already out there right um yeah I've had Afghanistan Afghanistan. Turkey Kenya exactly and I've got some listeners speaking to something right yeah and I I know I've got some regular listeners in Argentina so shout outs to Argentina because I I drop an episode (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, I mean, I, I do want it to be listened more. I mean, if I if more people can listen to it and it changes their life, well, then it's that small change. You know, I might not be able to tra- change the world in one big move, but I can do it one person at a time. Um, so that's really, in terms of where it's going to go, I, I will be launching a, a sort of 15 minute uh, confidence um, what am I calling it? Bite-sized confidence, because I know not everybody can listen to a forty-five minute podcast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there'll be some fifteen minutes, and then I'm looking at memberships as well. So exclusive content, one-to-ones with me, you know, face-to-face, real time, whatever. I mean, you can check. I have no idea about IT. <laughs> like, what is it called? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I like that. I like that you're so genuine because you just say it like it is. I think it's such a good role model, basically listeners that are like no it has to be perfect and with the right marketing terms and whatnot no no why throw it out there who cares if you can help someone that's the goal yeah I mean I'm really honest and say look the podcast isn't perfect it really isn't but I like it that way it does it just genuinely doesn't bother me I I I, listen I'm not gonna name names but I've listened to some big name podcasts and I'm like sorry that's you're definitely on a higher level than that. Because for me, it's about the content and not about the fluff around it. And I like how you get straight to the point. That's probably your Navy background. No bullshit, straight talking. And that helps getting straight to it. So yeah, I think it's amazing. And you're role modeling by doing it. You're literally leading by example and showing like, listen, I started in October. I'm already at my 25th episode. I'm doing this while running my business, while having a very high demanding job, while running my household with uh, my kids and being a wife and whatnot. I mean, you can literally do it all because like you said, the internet is limitless. Just do it. That, that this would be that Nike slogan, right? Just do it. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be good if they sponsored me? Hey, anybody listening from hey, Nike, Nike, if you want to, you're listening. <laughs> exactly. No. So let's do a few Spitfire questions to right. get to know more about Miss Vanessa Murphy. So tea or coffee? Uh, coffee. And I have one with me now, actually. So I've been drinking away. You've been drinking I live away. in Melbourne. You can't drink tea in Melbourne. It's coffee. Yeah, yeah. Coffee is like the thing. And it's great. I'm going to really struggle going anywhere else in the world once I've left Melbourne because the coffee is so I never knew that because I'm a a genuine straight up tea addict. So, okay. Morning person or evening? If I can be asked to get out of bed on time or early, I love the mornings. Like I I read, Mm -hmm. I do my admin but actually, quite. Yeah, I love a lion. So, oh, it's a tough. That's one of the hardest questions you've asked all day. Really? Um, oh, well, that's ooh, all. Because I, mean. I love getting into bed at night as well and reading. So I can't. I'm just going to have to sit on the fence and say the boat. Mm, but okay. since you have a navy background, I guess that was drilled into you, like early morning. <laughs> yeah. Know, no matter and, what your position was in the navy, I mean, discipline is a big thing. So. Yeah, and actually, early mornings. You're right. Some so when I was an officer of the watch on board a ship, some of the, sometimes we'd start we'd work at midnight till four in the morning. Sometimes you start at four in the morning, work late. Um, wow, you work all day. Um, so you sort of just yeah, you got used to it, and you got used to just being able to think clearly 
with little <laughs> sleep. You wake up. <laughs> well, maybe first you need that, you know, Melbourne coffee. Then, well, back then it was Melbourne, but <laughs> then you can think straight. Okay, amazing. Well, it's good that those remnants of the things you took with you from the navy are still there. So, mm-hmm. next, sweet or um, savory? Savory, without a doubt. I could what not live your without favorite savory snack. Peanuts, peanut butter, peanuts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. When I was so pregnant, everyone listening with an allergy is like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no. like, keep her away. <laughs> no, but when I was pregnant, that's the only thing I craved was like peanuts. I don't know what it was. And it was shade? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I could not live without peanut butter. I mean, genuinely, I couldn't. <laughs> First thing I heard that that's really, really hilarious. I can't live without peanut butter. Oh my and you're not even American. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> um, drinker, non-drinker. Drinker, yeah. Although I've cut back a lot. I used, to, I love, but I tell you, living in Australia is a shocker because the wine here is so good. Really? Oh, oh yeah, gosh, it's awful. so yeah, good. True. Yeah, uh, like a Barossa Shiraz. Oh, my word, that's my weekend. Okay, oh, here she it. goes. She's going on a date now. Me. Okay. Now I'm a drinker. <laughs> And now you're a drinker. Okay. What is your favorite sport? I used to play hockey when I was younger. I don't really do a sport. I'm yoga, which is not a sport, is it? It's not a sport. Not no. A, well, it's physical movement somewhere. Yeah. But I watch my kids play cricket. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, best book you've ever written? Uh, the written book. Uh, read I was gonna say (laughs) okay best book I've ever read is and some people will well many people probably won't know this but it's a book called Goodnight Mr Tom and it was made into a film but it's a it's a children's book actually and I still have a copy from about 19 I think about 1981 I've still got my copy which I adore Mm -hmm. but it's a story of a boy in London during the Blitz and he is moved out he's an evacuee he's moved out to the country and he made he he moves in with somebody called Tom. And it's just a beautiful story of a boy who hasn't come from much love, a broken home, and he moves in with this quite a gruff man. And they they just have this most beautiful relationship. And it's the story of this boy also coming from an inner city to out into the country. And in that day, you know, when there was no internet and then not a lot of travel, and his eyes are just opened to the world. And it's oh, it's just beautiful. I love it. My I've shared it with my husband. Actually, my husband read it recently. It's just a beautiful Aww. story. And I love, I just, I will reread it for the rest of my life. But um, I'm trying to think the author is called Michelle Magorian. And so any final thoughts you want to share with your listeners? And I would definitely encourage all your listeners, if you have any questions for Vanessa personally, I mean, DM them, email them. You'll find all the information in the show notes. I'm sure Vanessa is absolutely open for any questions. <laughs> Just yeah. throwing that in for you. <laughs> oh, final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so I, I always think that confidence is a bit like what I think like a computer operating system is how I sort of can sort of describe it. And so if you have a flaw in your laptop, you have to sort of go into the laptop. It's not something you Mm -hmm. can fix externally. You've got to go into the laptop and fix the operating system. So imagine your human is the same. And so what I say to people is you have to recognize that flaw. You have to know what it is in order to be able to fix it. I mean, use a car, use whatever, but I'm using the human brain here. Mm -hmm. And you have to recognize what it is. And that's really getting up close and recognizing, going, ah, that is 
where my confidence um, has some problems and then understanding it. So why is that? Why is that one showing up for me? Or why is that? That distinction is so important. Absolutely. And then identifying ways to address it. So you've recognized it, you've faced into it, you've accepted that it's there um, and you're starting to understand it and then find ways to to overcome it and to address it. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways and that's for another podcast and how you can really address it. And for me, it was yoga, meditation, probably the podcast is a form of my therapy in some way. Yeah. And so those are my three. So recognize it, understand it and then address it. Absolutely. And I do believe... Oh, thank you for your final thoughts. And I do believe, like you mentioned before, that it's almost like if you have an engine that isn't running straight, like confidence is really like the oil (laughs) to really oil things up and and get things running again. Mm. A lot of things can be fixed if you have the confidence to do it, if you have the confidence to take the leap, to jump, to start that podcast, to not be freaked out when you get downloads all over the world, but actually see it as encouragement. And um, even to be interviewed yourself, because I know you hesitated and I really needed to convince you to do this. So I'm so happy you did this, Vanessa. Thank you so much. I'm going to give the reins right back to you. After all, this is your podcast, but um, thank you so much for um, allowing me to do this. And um, I can totally see a part two. I can <laughs> totally imagine people just being incredibly fascinated by your Royal Navy story, but that's just me. Well, no, thank you for interviewing me. And it wasn't actually that bad. It wasn't, I was quite nervous. I genuinely was because I, I know you were. Yeah. So but, but you yeah, were no, very it was good. good sport. It was very good. And thank you very much for, for being the host on Women in Confidence. <laughs> and that's really nice to say. Thank you so much for allowing me to be the host and granting me this big um, opportunity (laughs) to do that. I was very honored. Thank you so much for listening to Women in Confidence, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please like it, share it, comment on it, and if you want to, sponsor it. If you'd like to take part in my podcast or know somebody who would make a perfect guest, then please email me on contact at vanessa-murphy.com. That's contact at vanessa hyphen murphy.com until next time